Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Well, I am pumped that you're connecting with us here today and uh, all of those from again all over the place are connecting. Love that. And I have it in my spirit that we want to talk today about bounce back. And so I've got a couple of great friends of mine. Rhiannon, welcome. Hello. It's great to have you joining us here on Sunday. And of course, B-Rad. Yeah, kia ora. It's good to be here, Pastor Paul. It's so cool. And I'm looking forward for us just to expose our journeys and encourage others that God is the God of the bounce back. That God is the God that takes wherever we find ourselves and whatever the enemy meant for evil, and he's able to turn it around and make it good. And I think that is an amazing thing. I love sport, and I make no apologies for that. I love actually studying people that have done incredible things. One of those is a guy by the name of Michael Jordan. If you like basketball or sport, you would have heard of him for sure. And he played 1,072 NBA games. B-Red, you played any? I've played uh, maybe some NBA games in my mind, but not in actual reality. B-Red loves basketball. In fact, he heads up our church team, and it's an amazing thing. But uh, he scored in those games an average of over 30 points. And I look at that, and I go, wow, it's amazing what can happen when you understand that it's not the tough things in life that define you. They make you if you respond. This is what Michael Jordan said. He says, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games, 26 times. I was entrusted to take the final winning shot and I missed. I failed over and over again in my life and that's why I succeed. And I believe today that God is wanting to encourage everybody to realize that wherever you find yourself, it's not the end of the story. In fact, the early church had incredible moves of God, but they were in a place of deep persecution. And Paul writes in Romans 8 and verse 35, says these words, do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way. Not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not bullying threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in Scripture have that authority. They kill us in cold blood because they hate us. We're sitting ducks. They pick us off one by one. Remember, Paul was in a time of deep church persecution. And of course, today, you know, a hard day is a hard day, but it's not losing a family member because of their faith. And God is looking for us to be a generation, I believe, that are going to have this bounce back potential. Uh, Verse 37, again of Romans 8, none of these things, by the way, phase us. Because Jesus loves us. And I am absolutely convinced, he said, that nothing, nothing living, nothing dead, nothing, whether it be demonic or angelic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between me and God's love. And I want to encourage you today that, you know, there is too many times that we give in to circumstances around us, but we need to learn to bounce back, master the ability to have long and deep-seated resilience. That's why I've got these guys here, because all of us sometimes look at people in the now, but we don't understand the journey. 
And I want to go to you first, Rhiannon, because it was not that long ago that you were given a prognosis that was not healthy. And yet being part of your journey, I've been amazing to, amazed by the way that you have taken it. And even in the tough times of the reality of it, you had the spirit of bounce back. Tell us a little bit about your story. Sure. Thank you, Pastor Paul. Uh, in late 2012, I was diagnosed with a very aggressive form of bone cancer in my lower right leg. And the progression of the disease was very quick. I went from, uh, in the space of three months, having uh, an emergency department appointment where I was told nothing was wrong to undergoing emergency amputation in January the following year. So um, very quick, very frightening. Um, and in that time, I also obviously had to go through all the other things that cancer involves. So I underwent IVF to protect my ability to have children in the future. I underwent some chemotherapy. However, it was clear that it hadn't been effective. And so I will never forget sitting uh, with my oncologist after I'd been discharged uh, following the amputation. And he said to me, you have a very brave decision to make. Um, Clearly, the chemo hasn't worked, so we have an option that would be more aggressive. It would also have no guarantee of working, and there's every chance that you might not survive the treatment in and of itself. Uh, or we can take a wait-and-see approach, uh, which would effectively cease all conventional treatment and, and see what happens. Uh, the reason that that's a brave choice is that in people who haven't responded to the initial chemotherapy, there is a 90% chance of recurrence, um, with the highest chance being in the first two years. So it was a real faith step for me to say, actually, no, this is where chemotherapy ends. I'm going to um, move on from here in faith. And I remember smiling to myself as we walked out of that appointment, which seems such an odd thing, because I caught myself thinking, most people would see this as a hopeless situation, but I see it as a space for God to step in and do what it is that he wants to do. And so today I am seven and a half years cancer-free. I um, am just on a journey to get the very best out of life in spite of the challenges that the residual effects of that time in my life still present today. You know, that's, that's a huge story. Because I think in life, every one of us have times where we feel we are caught up in something that's bigger than us. It's beyond our control. And yet, because of our faith, God is looking for us to ensure our foundation is deeper than just the things that are here and now. And that's easy to say. I think God wants to take us all on a journey of laying a foundation that Paul writes. In fact, we talked about this last Sunday, laying a foundation that no one else can lay but Jesus Christ. And when you stand on that, doesn't mean everything happens the way you want it to happen, but you have the strength or the solidity of a foundation that causes you to be able to bounce back. And being part of your journey, I've watched how you've walked through that, and you have literally created a life that's a bounce back life, not an easy journey. And at times, the, the deepness of the despair that we feel can often grab us and hold us in a place where we feel like it'll never change. But I want to encourage everyone today that God is a God of a great tomorrow and God is looking for us to develop a bounce back life. And I think there are a number of things that all of us can develop to be a part of that. And the first is, I think, to create that life, you need to live or develop the ability to live a vision that supersedes the challenge. 
that we can see beyond where we currently find ourselves. In lockdown globally, it's like, well, there are people getting on all kinds of theories and allowing fear to be the foundation. But when you have a vision that supersedes the challenge, then you're seeing beyond what the enemy is trying to trip you up on. And I do feel that sometimes, even within the church, many of us are living in just a survival kind of zone. Uh, And survival breeds emptiness and ultimately is there to cause us to disengage. And so therefore, we lose our future purpose. And I'm thinking this week about vision, because vision is the ability to see a focused outcome within an unfocused reality. That's a big part of what God wants us to develop. I think for you, B-Rad, you know, your life, uh, looking back on it, was not the way that you would have kind of written out as the life you wanted to start a certain way, develop a certain way, and you found yourself uh, into life, well into life, with some real realities. Tell us about your life. Yeah, I think there came a point in my life where I had to deal with some of the things that had taken place in my past. I was a young guy that... um, uh, from a young age, I was born into a, into a family that I didn't have my birth date around. I didn't meet him until I was 18 years old. And um, for the first six years of my life, it was just my mum and my grandparents. And I, and then at six, my mum got married to an incredible man. Um, and there was so much love in our home. But then one day when I was 10 years old, uh, sexual abuse entered my world. And my grandfather ended up uh, sexually abusing me for three years. And, you know, it's something that you don't comprehend or or want to be able to deal with as a young person but later on in life you have to face that I had to face that I couldn't be someone that would just go through life and not deal with that and it had to be through an encounter with Jesus I don't think there was any other way I could have worked through it or got through it or found victory even found a vision for my life if it wasn't for my relationship with Jesus there's no way that what had happened to me um, could really come off me if it wasn't for Jesus And there's so many opportunities that I've had in life that uh, my past would try and speak to me and limit me and hold me down and say that, no, you're in this clouded situation. There is no pathway forward for you. You are what has happened to you. But the closer I've got to a relationship with God, the more it says, no, B-Rad, you're more than what's happened to you. And if someone is watching today, I just want to say, you're more than what has happened to you. You aren't what has come upon you. There's more to your life. God had a plan for me in the womb. From before I was born, he had a destiny for me. And the enemy may have tried to derail that. The devil may have tried to come at me from the moment I was born. But God has a bigger plan, and he had a bigger plan for me, and he had a bigger purpose for my life. You know, I think uh, if we're honest with our walk here on earth, all of us go through the unexpected. And some of it's very deep, and we feel like uh, we're an outcast. We feel like there is no hope. But we're talking about vision that supersedes the challenge, and What a great reminder because there are many hard days, many hard months, many hard years in the walk that you've walked through, but we focus our outcome on on what God's got for the future, not where we find ourselves today. I think it is that ability to, uh, in a time or a season, maybe you're there today where everything's blurry, you feel like there is no hope for you. We're here to tell you there is great hope. And vision is literally an attitude, but it's also an altitude. It's, it's what is required to live from a kingdom perspective. We need to see how God sees us and how God sees our future. It was Michael Jordan again that said, I know that fear is an obstacle for some people, 
But I've come to a point where I've decided it's just an illusion. Failure always makes me try harder toward the next opportunity. And he grabbed something in the sports arena that you guys have grabbed and others out there. We want to really encourage you today that vision is the ability that supersedes or takes us beyond the challenge. Challenges are reality. I, I in my years of living for Christ, uh, now have come to realize and come to accept that challenges will be a part of every season. But that vision lifts me beyond that, the ability to uh, live in that place for God. For you, Rhiannon, how important uh, is it, you know, in the journey where you find yourself facing loss, find yourself not really having any assurance of a final outcome to remove all of the plan Bs and go all in? It's super important. I think if you are considering a plan B, you're setting yourself on a path of derailment. It's, yeah. And it's easy, isn't it, to get focused, particularly if we find ourselves caught in between, mm. to go, well, here's the reality. And that reality is something that can rob so much from what God wants us to focus in on. And really the question for all of us is, how deep is our life purpose? How much uh, are we really saying, God, you put this in my heart and I'm not giving up because we're going to live a vision that seriously supersedes the challenge. I think to live a, a bounce back life too, not only do you need that vision, but you need to live a response that limits overreaction. There is a sense where we can react in the face of a storm. Maybe today you're joining us here and you're going, you know what, right now, boy, I just lost my job. I, I've just had this thing fall over. Uh, the prognosis is not good. All of this thing around me is yelling at me, give up, give up. But God's looking not for the answer. He's looking for a response to him. Who is that answer? And everything in life changes and unexpected things, I think, happen to us. But in that place, Paul's got this response, and I love the Word of God, where again, he says in Philippians 4 verse 12, I know what it is to be in need, but I also know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret. There is a secret. In being content in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, that we don't have kind of what I call a fair weather faith, when it's all going, well, wow, God's amazing. No, some of us today, we're here to remind you that God wants you to live a response because that's going to limit your overreaction. Yeah, we feel the need, but we're not giving up. I, I love the fact that we saw earlier on that nearly 2,000 meals went out to people in need. And it's coming from people that could fear, well, you know, we don't know the future, but no, generosity is still flowing so that we can help others that are a part of our world and our lives. And, and God is looking for a shift in who we are. Uh, I mean, how did you gain mastery over the sense of your everyday reality? Because you woke up, obviously, and your leg was gone. Uh, and that's challenging. And you've had to redefine your life. And how did you gain that mastery over something that was lost, it was gone. It's been a series of 
daily decisions, yep. sometimes even moment-by-moment moment decisions. Uh, there are definitely days that I don't feel like pushing through, but what I have discovered in this journey is that there is a time for push-through, and then there is a time for healing, and both are uh, necessary, both are valid, but you can't stay in either of those places for a permanent, um, your, or can't stay in them permanently. Um, so in the first five years of my journey, it was very much the push through. I needed to physically recover. I had a lot of rehabilitation to do. And I also felt the need to um, prove to myself and to others that I could do more than what people were telling me I would be able to do. Uh, but then once I was discharged from medical oncology and confronted with the, um, the reality of what I'd been through, the grief and the trauma and um, that required healing. No amount of me trying to push through it was getting me where I needed to go. And so that required space for me to just sit in a, and acknowledge what it was. Not to say that it, it was right, but that it was what it was. And it was real and it was painful. But invite the Holy Spirit into that moment. Because who better than a loving Father to come alongside you and guide you through that? And in that process... Um, I found that my strength was rebuilt for the next push through that was required. Yeah, and that's a, that's a great thought because life is not easy. Mm. There is, you know, some people that go, no, 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 God's in, so it's all easy. I, I go, no, God's there to be brought in yeah. to the challenges and the struggles that we have. Maybe just in another sentence or two, to those of us that are joining here today and you go, well, but I just lost my job or you know, something more severe that has long-term effect. Because uh, you had to battle through the fact that I will never have this leg. Yep. So I now need to learn how to do life differently. What would you personally say to them about not giving up, but coming back to this place that uh, a response can, again, dominate overreaction? But you've got to make that choice. Ooh, Big question. Yeah. It is a biggie. Uh, I would firstly encourage you that you are capable of more than you think you are capable yep. of and right. that our strength isn't ours, it actually comes from a supernatural source. And so for me, I continually come back to uh, Jesus as being my hope and my anchor as Hebrews 6.19 says, we have this hope that's an Great. anchor for our soul, um, firm and secure. And so that is what I come back to for my strength when I need to and Sometimes it feels like you are pushing water uphill with a rake. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but it's a, a continual choice in knowing that each step, you're that little bit further ahead, that you're actually not going backwards. You are moving forwards. Yeah, yeah I think we lose that reality uh, sometimes of going, if you, if you want to win a 100-meter race, you've got to do it one meter at a time, one step that's at a time. Right. Yeah. And that's challenging at times, but... We're encouraging everybody today that you may find yourself in an incredibly serious place or you might go, yeah, but it's so different now and the enemy's wanting to bring fear. No, let's live a vision that supersedes the challenge. Live for something bigger than the current circumstance. Not only that, live a response that limits overreaction. And I think the third thing that I'd love to throw out is bounce back means that we live a peace that stills the storm. There is something about finding the depth of relationship with God that brings a peace that has an authority that's stronger than the things that are hitting you. For you, B-Rad, you would have 
too, you know, with what you grew into. You didn't ask for any of that. Uh, there was so much about your life that people would write off and say, well, you never knew your dad till you were 18. You, you went through abuse, and it's kind of like everything was, the enemy was trying to rip out of you. But again, you came to this place of peace stilling the storm. What would you say to others out there, no matter how deep the challenge is right now, that you learn by going through that? Yeah, we will all face something that's massive. Uh, and, and your story may look similar to mine or it may look different, but we have the same Jesus. We have the same God, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the God of all, the God of salvation. We have this rock that we can come to and we can anchor our lives on. So we can find peace despite the circumstantial situation. There is a depth that we can find in Jesus that surpasses our understanding. There is a place that we can get to that other people would look at us and go, I don't see. Berad, how can you forgive your granddad? That doesn't make sense. He abused you. Your life, you're a statistic. You're a write-off. And I go, no, there's a God who has forgiven me of so much, so how can I not forgive? And if I can encounter this love of Jesus, then so can you. And if you're watching today and you just feel like my life is nothing, I'm giving up, I'm a write-off, I'm a statistic, I just wanna say, no, you're not. You're more than that. You can find the rock, the anchor, the hope, the Jesus, the grace, the love, the forgiveness, the freedom that will allow you to overcome what naturally would say you can't. So good. We wanna encourage you, it's time to bounce back. You find yourself under restriction. I, I, I think that true peace literally closes its eye, shuts its ear to a possibility that's negative. Yep. That possibility, that negative prognosis that people say, yeah, well, I went through that and this is what happened to me. No, there's a God that's got you. There's a God that's got you. He's got you. He's got me. And where other people go, yeah, well, it's okay for them. Don't know our stories. There was a time where Jesus hopped into a boat with His disciples and they'd been working hard and Jesus said, it's time to go across to the other side. It's the next part of our mission. Jesus being wasted, falls asleep in the boat in Mark chapter four. And then the winds get up, storm begins to howl. And then the water literally laps into the boat. There were no bilge pumpers back then. Boats beginning to fill and the disciples who are all awake are petrified. Jesus is asleep. And so they rush to Jesus, Mark 4, 38. And they say, teacher, teacher, do you not care that we're dying right now? Don't you care we're in COVID? Don't you care, God, we find ourselves? I didn't ask for that abuse. I didn't ask to get cancer. And it's like, but Jesus, you gotta get this. He's asleep. He's in the middle of the storm, but he's asleep. And I think sometimes God is just wanting to say, I'm at peace and I am your peace. I'm the one that can reach into your circumstance. and You're gonna find I'm gonna turn your weakness into strength. I'm gonna cause a scar that for many would screw their future. And now allow that scar to be the foundation of helping others for their strength and I want to read a couple of scriptures and I want you to capture these scriptures today. James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you are involved in various COVID trials because you know that the testing of your faith is going to produce in you 
and endurance. But you must let endurance have its perfect work so that you will be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Josh, Joshua 1 verse 9, I repeat, be strong, be brave. Don't be afraid, don't panic, for I, the Lord God, am with you in all that you do. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9, we are troubled, said Paul, on every side. Yet we're not distressed. We're perplexed, but we're not going to buy into despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're cast down, but we're not destroyed. Job 17, verse 9, the righteous keep moving forward and those with clean hands become stronger and stronger. Hebrews 12, verse 2 to 3, we must focus on Jesus. I'm sorry, I'm getting worked up. The source and the goal of our faith. He saw the joy ahead of Him, so He endured death on the cross and ignored the disgrace it brought on Him. He received the highest position in heaven, the one next to the throne of God. Think about Jesus. That's what we need to do today. Who endured opposition from sinners so that you don't become tired and you don't give up. We're here today to tell you don't give up. Don't allow this prognosis. Don't allow this season. Don't allow what the enemy is trying to destroy you with. Let it become a part of your foundation to be strong. 1 Thessalonians 5, 14, uh, 16 to 18. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Whatever happens, give thanks. Because it is God's will in Christ Jesus that you do this. It's an amazing thing that God has never promised an easy walk as Christians, but He's promised us that if we let Him in, we'll have a bounce back life. So let's live a vision that supersedes, it's bigger than every challenge that we currently are faced with. Let's live a response that limits overreaction. And let's live a peace that stills the storm. You know, Jesus arose in verse 39 of Mark 4 and He rebuked the wind. Some of us today, God's saying, when the oceans roar, stand up and rebuke the wind. Peace be still. The wind ceased and there was a great calm. Jesus said to them, to the team, He said, "Why, why have you let fear grab you? Why have you allowed the prognosis of the economic climate to cause you to doubt God? Why have you allowed your situation to be the loudest voice? Why are you fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Faith. Faith. And they feared exceedingly. And they said to one another, who can this be? That even the wind and the sea obey Him. I want to encourage you today. God's got you. God's got it. God has your future. Father, we thank You that our trust is in a God who is fully able, fully in control. And I pray for every heart. I pray for every situation. I pray that right now there would be the fusion of heaven into our circumstances here on earth, that God, this would be a shift 
in who we are and where we stand and we will recognize that you've empowered us to bounce back. That through every challenge, there is still a pathway and a God that reaches His hand, takes the hand of our humanity and causes us to find supernatural strength. And we begin to gain an understanding that the enemy who brings the lie of it is finished to the cry of a cross that says it is finished. That sin is broken and the lie of the enemy no longer has hold. But this is the birthplace of a new day. I pray for every person struggling right now. I pray, God, that you'd reach and you'd create a pathway through the storm. That, God, you would speak today to every one of us peace. And in that place of peace, we'll find stillness. We honor you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at any of our Auckland campuses. If you're not in Auckland, then check us out, Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifenz.org or download the Life app to stay connected and find out more.